Welcome to Mobile Armor Radio, the podcast for all things mecha. Jump ship incoming. And welcome to Mobile Armor Radio, episode 50, the big 5-0. We're here to talk about Woo-woo. giant mechs. My name's Rob. And Brian. And I'm Chopper. You, you, all, you didn't want to fall over each other, so you, you had a nice pause there. <laughs> it, did. it was... It's it's timed uh, perfectly. It's just uh, comedy <laughs> errors, no matter what. Yeah, don't show worry. Doing, I'll edit it so. all out. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the few things we've gotten good at doing over the years of doing this. <laughs> over fifty episodes. Fifty episodes, the landmark. It's the, yeah, it's a big. It's a centurion. No, a half centurion. No, no. Half centurion. <laughs> I uh, whatever that is. I think, uh, what do we need? 60 episodes? Just tw- five years? Oh, to get syndicated? <laughs> yeah, so we get syndication? <laughs> yeah. Another 10 episodes to be syndicated. All right. We're 10 more episodes and we're following Matlock. <laughs> we'll be on after Matlock. Anyways, enough of this chitter chatter. Let's get at her. We're going to go to the dropship. Dropship landing. And we're in the dropship. I had to wait two seconds for these guys to stop talking. But we're Jeez. here to talk what we've been working on. I'm going to start yes. with... Uh, I'm going to start with Brian. Brian, what have you been working on? Um, well... <laughs> that was actually, not a positive. Like, I've, I've had some things on, on, on the docket. Uh, in a way, like in, in the uh, sense of the hobby side of things uh is that i as of as of last recording i did in fact finish writing uh that story (laughs) my uh my my gcps uh strider story set in the warpath universe from mantic um and uh it was entered into a writing contest and i took first out of three yay i voted (laughs) i I appreciate it we put the link in, uh, I think, in the Facebook page. So hopefully, other people voted that listen too. So, yeah, I, I think there are a lot more votes than uh, than usual, which is which is fun. <laughs> it's because you're using your media stardom to uh, pump up the numbers. <laughs> I think oh, I my mom like... voted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, no, I was like, it was a really fun story to actually write uh, too. Like it it was it was another one where I waited till the last you know, the 11th hour to, to finish it up. But uh, ultimately it did kind of flow uh, nicely out. So I have, I have a big stompy robot, uh, the big chunky kind uh, versus, you know, this kind of agile and, and limber uh, kind of alien mecha. And then some other little surprises thrown in there. So if, if that sounds appealing to you, uh, definitely check it out. It's like 10 pages long. Um, and I think it was a fun time. So, uh, apart from that, I've the only thing I think I've done is <laughs> fix my 3D printer. Um, That's but a I did job. <laughs> I, I did pick up two little uh, kits, uh, little Gundam kits when I was at a hobby like a like a Hobby Lobby kind of thing. Uh, one was uh, I think the the I think it's a Jim two or Jim three. Uh, 
little little uh what are they called like the compat ones they're they're just the little tiny statue ones with the big heads and then um and then i picked up another one that uh is slightly slightly bigger uh but not not high grade scale uh but of johnny ryden uh let me see if i can pull up the so it's it's a, a g-frame 10 kit um so, so they're they're just little little tiny uh, mechs, but uh, the G-frame ones are are very are another set that are really poseable. Um, it was Gundam Con- Converge, Converge, hmm. however you want to pronounce that. Uh, was was my little uh, my gym that I picked up. They were like super cheap, so I was like, eh, those sound like fun. Yeah. And the rest of my like high grades and everything are still in storage, so <laughs> I, I'm able to like have small things. Uh, out. <laughs> no, married <laughs> so, life. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, but no, it's it's kind of been the two like really core hobby things that I've been uh, working on. So uh, how about you, Pat? Me, I've actually done quite a bit. He's done nothing in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <clears throat> so I really took it to heart my own pep talk about getting my Neo Zhang done. <laughs> I said to myself, Pat, you need to <laughs> get working on this. And I said, you know what, Pat, you are right. You also, Pat, just, you are so handsome. <laughs> yeah. And then, You're the you smartest know, person I know. <laughs> a good looking guy like yourself doesn't should be waiting around building this thing. You just get it done. Uh, so I did and, So you got it totally uh, done? No <laughs> But I've made forward progress It's good uh, I've since I put in, I don't know Did I put any pictures up? I think I might have I, th- released this the, episode. I think you put the pictures up of the uh, shoulders, didn't you? Yeah, I finished the torso I, fin- I finally got all the upper body finished The chest and the torso The only thing I'm missing is the head of that piece and We haven't gotten there yet <laughs> And uh, I, and continuing with, uh, mainly what's been holding me up is the clogging of my airbrush gun. And I think I figured out my right air pressure and the right mix of uh, flow improver for some of these paints I'm spraying uh, through my gun. Uh, it took a lot of patience and working on spraying those shoulders and torsos, but I finally figured it out. And... Uh, I'm making forward progress now. So that's good. I finished the shoulders and the torso, like I said, and I put those pictures up. And the the last couple of days, I've been working on the. I started working on the. What's the word I'm looking at? The hips. The hips don't lie. Hips don't lie. So and it was. Uh, I think you Rob was there. Big childbearing hips. <laughs> when I was working on it, I said I took. So the the pelvis part of the hips. Are probably like one of the two biggest pieces, the two biggest pieces of the almost the two biggest pieces of the kit, and they were on one sprue. And when I cut them off, I was like, "Yay! I finally get to throw away a sprue." <laughs> so I threw away the first sprue that model kit, empty sprue of that model kit, because uh, it just, only had two giant pieces on it. Pieces on it, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was actually kind of you know I'm still trying to figure out to paint this thing too. And so I had to actually sit there and look through pictures to see what parts would be actually visible and what parts were going to be hidden so I didn't have to paint you so much. You didn't want to waste a yeah. bunch of paint on parts you'd never see? Yeah. Uh, so 
Uh, that being said, that's where I'm at now. Uh, we're on the hip assembly as- assembly part. He doesn't even have legs, so it should go quick after this. No, this one does have legs. The the neo genre oh, does he? Uh, you, can, uh, like, you, can, you can tear them off. You can, tear uh, them off. you can take them off, and then it would have noble legs. But you uh, can also tear them off if you if you're just full well, full exactly. of rage. If want, yeah, if you want he to, wants to recreate them. The uh, apparently, this is a very hard to find kit. So if you want to tear it on your own set, that's fine. Are you are you gonna do the legs, or are you just gonna do the thrusters? I'm gonna do the legs, but I'm gonna. <coughs> He's dying. The thought of having to make the Gundam legs made him <laughs> it, die. It made it been verklempt. John is choking him right I now. Almost choked yeah. on my, uh, almost choked on my own sadness. Uh, having to it's all the airbrush uh, paint he's been breathing in, paintless thing. Yeah, <laughs> or the resin that I've started printing again too, which leads me into my next project that I started working on. I started printing uh, the Scorpion Mech from uh, John Bear Ross. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, one hiccup, my legs misprinted, so I don't know if my fog got corrupted when I sliced it. Um, but everything else has been coming out all right. Uh, I went with the claw gun combo because uh, he's given um different loadouts you can put on this on your scorpion, which is pretty cool. Uh, Rob, what did you go on yours? You went buzzsaw, I went buzzsaw one and like uh, lobster claw on the other. Yeah, so I went both lobster claws with guns, and well, I think I'm more gonna... like not even lobster claws. You're like pointy, almost. They're like yeah, they're like like blades, almost blades with guns on the insides. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was cool. And then I think on the tail, I'm going to put Gatling guns. Yeah, I have flamers on my uh, tail. But what I what I did that you didn't do is I printed the big giant battle cannon, which I'm going to mount. Yeah. On. <laughs> uh, I went. I went so, more classic scorpion. You're going more combat. I'm scorpion. going combat scorpion. This is this is gonna. It's gonna be a scorpion mech. But boy, is this thing going to kill some things. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, stay tuned for that because I'm planning on painting it up. Um, painting. Big, oh, <laughs> listen. I'm on. A, I'm on a roll here now. Uh, I actually think the 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 required mantic model that I'm being. Uh, not forced to paint, but have to paint for a, a release coming up. So that's been sparking my. Uh, well, yeah, you were forced. Yeah, you were forced to go into the basement, and then while that's drawing, you have time to do other things. And- yeah, so I've been worried, and that's you know, I'm in between printing too and uh, drying and washing. Uh, I start working on the models and everything too. So, uh, do I have? Have I done anything else? Still working on the, all that cab train that I got from the Kickstarter. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. That's a, those are all small little projects that get done in between. Uh, I'm starting to fill up a shoebox worth a, a, a little disc train. I'm, what, do you, what size are those things? About 50 mil, you think? Uh, I have no idea. What the, they, don't... They, look, they look like 50 mil rounds. Yeah, the bases. Or, yeah. or 50 mil squares. They come in rounds and squares. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not so, sure. so I'm starting to build a collection of that uh, stuff. So, <laughs> uh, but those are getting done. Like I said, in between, those are like in between project uh, works. Uh, and they're nice. They're nice little scatter terrain too. So I think you can use them just for which you want any game you want. Yeah, nice. especially especially uh, like BattleTech or that kind of scale. Yeah, it, it they're 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 perfect. 
Well, I guess so somewhere were like barrels and like they look like barrels, but I think they're supposed to be giant. But yeah, I, I did some. Them. What have I done? I've done some wreck tanks, wreck mechs, uh, some uh, sandbag tank emplacements. Um, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've lost track. <laughs> There's a lot. Um, that started had a lot of stuff. And I think that is all mech related that I have been working on. It's been a pretty full two, three weeks of getting stuff done. Nice. nice. I'm realizing I actually forgot to mention one one thing that I actually did was um, I painted up a, a GCPS mule because uh, I finally got one. Uh, but I painted it up like the hover truck from yeah. um, from eighth team. So now I have like the eighth team. <laughs> I need to I need to get them all together and take a picture of them. But I've got like the you know, two two regular uh, kind of styled Gundams, and then I have the, my old Easy Eight uh, design, and now I have the hover truck. Are they all uh, so I, uh, GCPS? I yep, they're all GCPS. So you could, uh, yeah, probably not legal because you have way too many. <laughs> I've been trying to figure out a list uh, for firefight. I can do it. Yeah, yeah, firefight. You could do it easy. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it was it was really fun to like. Uh, put that like it was a really nice model. It's like one thing with with some of these Mantic uh, kits is like the vehicles and stuff have been really solid, mm-hmm. which is re- really reassuring. <laughs> they're they're easy to put together, and then they're nice and sturdy once you're you're throwing yeah. them around. And they paint it really nice because I painted mm-hmm. up my uh, what's the flying transport the Hornet. Hornet. The Hornet, yeah. Yeah, I painted up mine really nice. It took it took the camo really well. Yeah, yeah. Twenty millimeter vehicles are always nice. They're always good scale. Cool. Uh, for me, I also did the Scorpion Mech. I don't know if we talked about it last time. I think we talked about. Did we talk about? It? I don't remember. But uh, I don't yeah. think you had started printing it yet. No, I don't think so either. But uh, he is. Uh, yeah, I went classic. He's got flamers on his tail, and like say a buzzsaw on one claw, and then a regular claw on the other. And, uh, yeah. I will fun. say that I forgot to mention, too, that John Ross, uh, when he designed these things, also designed it to fit magnets really easy so you don't have to drill holes. Yeah. Uh, because you magnetize yours. I did yeah. not because I don't have any magnets. Yeah, I magnetized mine just because I didn't want the whole things to glue them. So I just like, oh, I'll just put magnets in there. And it worked really well. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to thank John Barry Ross for, uh, letting us get a preview of the Kickstarter, which just ended. So I'm sure it'll be available for purchase soon off his, uh, wherever you can purchase his stuff. But, uh, we'll have links on at the Facebook page when it comes out, but good stuff. It's a good looking stuff. Yeah. Uh, when I get mine painted up, I'll have mine posted. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, once again, I like the scale. They've done a lot of the rubble minis. I did another Kickstarter from them and they, they do got great vehicles also. Yeah. He was showing trying to get that. I want to try and print that grav tank, but I don't know yeah. if it'll fit printer. Yeah, it wouldn't fit in my printer. It's it's like over a foot long, so my printer's oh, definitely not that tall. Mine might be. Yeah, it's too I way need, too big. I need to see how long, how big um, mine can print. I need to look at the specs. You don't have you have an FDM printer, don't you? I do. That's the way you print it. I just. Uh, you haven't used it forever. I haven't used it in a long time, and I think that I'm, well, I'm almost positive that the filament on there is horrible yeah, now sure. because it's been almost a year since it's just hanging it out, being doing not packed up, and you know, 
Actually, I have two uh, FDA printers. Remember, because I have one that where the hot end is bad, so I just kind of yeah. put it outside. I don't want to feel like messing around with it anymore. Yeah, I have a bad one with a bad hot end too, so it's just out in the garage now. So <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Rick just had to replace his. Yeah, it's I. Yeah, it's always a fight between resin and FDM, but I I find resin. It's, it's uh, well, you go through screens and stuff, but it's at least easier to set up. You get a lot of prints fast, but you don't have to worry about maintaining it like I did my FDM. I was fighting with that thing constantly. So, anyways, uh, yeah, the the resin printer is a little bit easier to control. Yeah, I would think so. I just uh, got my FDM to like behave again, and turns out I had a hole in the Bowden tube uh, oh, yeah. inside oh. the hot end, so it was under extruding for like the last couple probably months. Yeah. And then you get new filament, and you have to change it all again. Like it's yeah, even if it's same brand filament, it doesn't matter. It's they're all different. So I, I find it very finicky. But uh, anyways, uh, speaking of three D printing, though, I have started a new project for BattleTech uh, Alpha Strike box sets coming out soon. Hopefully, I'll be good at Gen Con. So I was like, ah, I'm gonna print a print print something I don't have. I noticed I never I don't have any Wolf Dragoons minis pr- painted, which I thought was amazing. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do some Wolf Dragoons. I'm gonna do the whole Alpha Regiment from the uh, original Fast of the Wolf Strayed Goons book from the from the Battle at Misery. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll start it, and I I get all the max, start printing them, and then I realize, oh wait, there's like over sixty max in this regiment. <laughs> so it's it's quite large. So it's gonna be a big project, but uh, I've got them almost all printed. I think I have like two or three left to print, and uh, I just wanted to do them all. And I'm trying to keep as cla- close to the classic. Uh, versions of the minis too like the unseen versions since it was uh back in the day that this was from so I'm trying to do classic so it's uh the alpha alpha regiment is uh orange and black so I'm trying to paint them also not look like pumpkins is going to be hard so it's going to be uh <laughs> we'll make it interesting but uh I'm almost done the printing part then I got to go to the painting part so but there's also vehicles in aerospace too so I got everything ready and got to prime it all and then paint it it's gonna be a lot so i might i might do uh lance by lance at that point i actually have it all split up in all the different lances so i'll have to uh probably do it that way to keep at least at least all the lances look the same as i go i'm sure it'll change as it's printing that or painting that many max it's gonna definitely can't make them all look identical i'll have to figure out their symbols and stuff so it's a it's an ongoing project so it'll be something i'll be talking about hopefully every episode because i'll be working on it It'll give me something to to actually work on. So I really didn't have anything. I don't have any projects on the go, so I have no model kits or anything. So that was my plan, a summer project, which will probably take five years. So <laughs> <laughs> five five hundred years. Yes. Ah, uh, that's about it. Anybody else got anything? I think we'll uh, move on to Comstar. If that sounds good for you guys. Sounds good. Comstar. Message from Comstar. I'm Brian. And I'm Rick. From Dead Zone the Podcast. And you're listening to Mobile Armor Radio. I am Lone Star. What is that? What was it? Sinistar. <laughs> Are you having a stroke? <laughs> you never played that video game, Sinistar? No. I thought you were that? making a Resident Evil reference. <laughs> it was when uh, it was like an asteroid. Uh, what's the word? Knockoff? Not a knockoff, but when it follows the progression, it's a uh, sequel. Yeah. And then, but the big bad guy is that is Sinistar, and he, as you're destroying pieces of asteroid, parts of him 
uh, start to grow, and then when he becomes alive, he's just like this giant wolf-looking face that can't be destroyed. And that's how you'd say, I am Sinistar! <laughs> Anyways, that's that's Sinistar. We're in a Comstar right now. So, Comstar is uh, TVs, movies, books, comics, RPGs, video games, everything media. And uh, let's start with with uh, Patrick, have you done any? Have you watched anything? Your your hobby as your way goes. Yeah, hobby, you know how this anything. works for me. So <laughs> yeah, I've not been watching any TV. Uh, yeah, I you know Pacific Rim Black is still there, and I just haven't tapped into it. Uh, You're the reason it was canceled. Probably, they don't count my uh, thing. Uh, Didn't watch fast enough. Oh. Oh. I forgot to mention my ignition core painting too, but uh, well, you but can do that. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just uh, I just know we have some ignition core news. That's what made me believe uh, remember it. But honestly, no books. I know I I, I was packing up my bookshelf because we're remodeling the office, uh, and I saw my uh, bad dog, mad dog, and I forget the third one uh, oh, book books. series that yeah. Brian's been reading. Mm. The, the Gatewalker series? Gatewalker series. Um, and that reminded me that maybe I should read a book. And I didn't. So. <laughs> read a book. Uh, that's my comp star. Nice. Brian, <laughs> Brian, hopefully you've done a little bit more than Pat. <laughs> well, I, I finished reading uh, Bad Dog. <laughs> Skipping. <laughs> um, but uh, in, a, in a different book series, I... I Found myself skipping a, a, a book. Um, I, I I've read a, a series. Oh, what the heck is? I forget what the the series itself is called, but it's it's uh, the first book and it's called Dauntless. Um, I think it's Jack Campbell. Um, it's it's a big space battle um, book series uh, that that caught my attention years back, and like one of the the big hooks for it is like space how they handle space battle is that they really integrate the time differential when you're traveling at different like speeds of light oh yeah and and so like he's you know there'll be encounters with one another and he'll be like okay uh we're gonna make a turn here they're not gonna see it for two hours and so at this time i'm gonna make another turn because they're gonna be reacting to the first turn so, like, like they do a really good job of, uh, you know, taking a rather complex, you know, mindset and really, uh, it, like, exploring it in a in a very intuitive way. Um, I, I, I don't know if you were commenting on. Uh, I had a Facebook post earlier where I turns out I read the third book in the series rather than the second book in that series. <laughs> so, um, but I feel cool. like I didn't miss much. <laughs> Wow, that's right. Yeah, if you didn't notice until like the end of the book, it means I, I was literally in like the last two or three chapters when it, it I just like was flipping through and it's like from the author that brought you fearless and I'm like that's the third the first book's dauntless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm reading courageous like <laughs> um so so that was fun. I I did, did finish reading that that book as well. Um which was neat. Uh, I've continued watching Votomes. Uh, I think I just finished. I'm just going to call it the Vietnam arc. Yeah, because uh, they're they're in the jungle along a river most of it. Yep. 
Definitely, and they're even going down the river like in Hearts of Darkness. I yeah, mean, uh, Apocalypse Now. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm still still enjoying that uh, that series, and um, you know, excited to see where it goes. I've got I, I'm officially on the third disc out of four for the TV series. Uh, these are Blu-rays, so it only gets like crazier from there. That's all I'm saying. Ten episodes per disc, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I've I've, I've liked that one. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, and then uh, I picked up uh, playing again the game Into the Breach, mm. um, which you know because I I think a couple months back I was playing FTL again and really enjoying it. Um, and this was another game that they made where you you pilot basically like three mechs against giant monsters in a little, I think it's a 10 by 10 grid. Yeah, it's almost uh, like tower defense, but you're kind of trying to stop them from popping up the, the monsters. And Yeah, yeah, it's a weird kind of pseudo turn-based tower defense kind of, kind of thing. It seems weird, turn-based tower defense. You've played the game, <laughs> Pat. <laughs> It's it's kind of unique and and novel in its in its own way, um, and it's it's roguelike as as the phrase goes, which means that you die a lot and you have yeah. to start over. <laughs> um, which Pat, you played this game. <laughs> Pat, you know this game. You introduced me to this game. Yeah, I just <laughs> agreeing that it's a bit weird. <laughs> um, but I I can say I have successfully beaten one set of it um, with the Rift Walkers, the original group that you unlock. Because um, basically, after you after you beat two islands, you can go to the final island, mm-hmm. or you can go to like two other ones. Um, and I. The first time I was I was feeling gutsy. I'm like, I've got a good combo. I'm gonna go to a third island before going to the final. Yeah. And I I just I got wiped. Like yeah, you, all my pilots were killed. I didn't, I didn't get to bring anybody to the next timeline. Yeah. Um. So that was rough. That was that was a, a fresh start. But uh, I definitely got the hang of like the mechanics and how you really, you know, it, it's it's not a game where you're always looking to do damage to the enemies. There's a lot of like I need to knock him out of position so he yeah. doesn't wreck this thing. Yeah, prioritize uh, targets and yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it, it's for a rather simple mechanic set. Uh, it's it's got a great depth of gameplay. Uh, so uh, I'm taking a little break from that now that I've beaten it once, uh, so I can let myself de-stress <laughs> before. De-stress. Well, the interesting thing about that game is just recently it was announced that uh, Netflix is doing games now. They did a yeah, like a breakout uh-huh. kind of game before, and now Into the Breach is one of the Netflix games, so you can play for free if you have a Netflix account. And you install the, you install the app on your phone or your device, and I think you can even watch it on, or even play it on the computer. Yeah, so you just have to have a Netflix account. They're doing that. What? They're trying to get into the gaming sphere, I guess, to make some more money since they're losing so much, so... <laughs> I just like that idea that like Netflix is losing so much because they've been riding high like for so long and it's oh, yeah. like this is the first time they're taking a hit and they're like it's oh gonna... no the world's on fire and people are like oh it's losing so much money they lost a million subscribers they expected to lose a lot more that the found out that they only lost a million was a good thing so, yeah yeah 
password sharing. Oh, yeah. it's, it's like used game sales. It's it's destroying the medium. Yeah. Um, well, that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a, not it's, that they lost a million subscribers. They just lost a million subscriptions, but kept the same amount of watchers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they're going to um, introduce uh, ads too. Ads like I, I forget. I, oh, it's Disney or Discovery Plus has it where you can. It's cheaper, but you get ads. That, Hulu, Netflix Hulu, was going to go that route. I think. Hulu does yeah. that too. Hulu yeah, is like so that's cheap Netflix Hulu, and then there's expensive Hulu. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to like a cheaper version that you get ads, which is I'd rather just pay for not ads. Than yeah, paying for it. Well, we we we've done the sharing with the Hulu with the in laws. Ixnay, I mean, airing Shay. <laughs> but uh, but it's just Hulu. No one watches Hulu. Well, we don't. I can't even get Hulu in Canada, so. Um, but they have the the cheap version, so I have to watch Orville with the ads. Oh, <laughs> but I will say, I don't hate it too much because those are the times that I can actually get up and go pee. Right, yeah, it's, like it's like the, the olden days, yeah. Yeah, was there commercial. was a time where you just you just embraced that it was a commercial break. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it and it helps because there are times when like I gotta pee instead of just pausing it, I can <laughs> wait till the commercial and just go. Yep, and then they can get their ad revenue. Yeah, uh, when nobody's watching. Exactly. <laughs> and I can jot it out with the sound of my pee hitting the water. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even listen to your ads. <laughs> so as as a last like little topic for me, um, so like one thing like doing, like I feel like I really kind of got back into Giant Mecca in the last month or so, month and a half, especially with writing about one. And uh, it really kind of, triggered that hankering that I have for like armored core uh, style mech games. And I feel like there, there, there aren't as many out there that aren't like Gundam. And what I mean by armored core style, where it's like you are literally swapping out every single part uh, of, of the mech. Now, armored uh, core was like, third person, right? Yes. Yeah. That was third. I'm trying person. to remember that game and it was third person. Then you kind of move side to side yeah, well, it was. I mean, it was it was full 3D because it was PlayStation One was the first one that came uh, that had had one. Yeah, that's uh, that's I, the one, that's when I played Armored Core. Yeah, I played uh, Armored Core Three on the PS2, <laughs> um, and I remember playing that with my brother, and just it was an absolute blast. Um, and like, it, it's it's kind of a style of game that that doesn't like it never took off as much as as some of the other ones. Um, like I said, like a lot, there's some of the Gundam ones now that are the more the kind of like model kit centric ones, where it's like you really can swap all the parts around and whatnot. But it's it's just not like because it's Gundam, it it inherently has a very specific flavor to it. And so I was like looking for um, another series, or even in this case, like a tabletop game. I'm like I I'd love to play, you know. Battletech always, like, the thing missing for me from it is that all those minis are, are set, right? That they're, you can't change the, the model at all because uh, they're all, like, monopose and whatnot. Um, and so I, it just kind of got me Googling, you know, what's, like, a modular mech game, uh, tabletop game? And uh, I stumbled upon this uh, Kickstarter project called Chibi Tech SD, um, Pat's Which favorite words is, altogether. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's by David Lee Seymour. 
And uh, what this guy has done is, like, I created can't even... A, created an abomination? <laughs> he He's created, like, an entire, like, modular system where it's, it's torsos, it's, you know, leg units, it's separate arms. Bulbous heads. like, multiple <laughs> heads, auxiliary packs, like, all this stuff. And, uh, like, th- this is a, a 3D print... Uh, a 3D file Kickstarter is project. It, uh, is it magnets or is it, uh, how are you supposed to connect them? Yeah, so basically he's got it set up where all these come with a slot for a magnet. Nice. And then they're they're intended to be magnetized. And uh, with, with um, I forget how big, yeah. know, a lot of the, the typical um, you know, miniature yeah, gaming ones. Giant magnets. They, yeah, they specify keep, the size and everything. To keep the heads on because those things will just roll off like bowling balls. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's hugely successful Kickstarter for one thing. Like he had 88, uh, backers on this, this series two that he released. Um, and he's got like over, uh, like 300 odd, like parts, <laughs> uh, that he's developed for, for these, these models. And, um, and I've been, I've been, uh, he actually has a game that he's been throwing together for it too. Uh, which I've been kind of reading up on. It's it's a lot of a, a you build a dice pool game based on like what parts you have on your mech and what yeah, your it's... your attack is, and so you're rolling like these slightly modified d6s um, that have like a you know miss state, a hit state, or a crit state um, on them. Uh, so kind of kind of like a Star Saga dice set, and uh, and. Uh, one of the other kind of neat things is like you can 3D print out your your ammo for the the <laughs> Mac, uh, and you have like a little crate that you put your ammo in for, for your like special shots, and so you can count them that way. That's counters, yeah, that's neat. Yeah, it, it's it's really neat stuff, and and the the aesthetic is right up like what I'm looking for. He's got a huge variety, and I've actually been talking to the guy because uh, uh, I was I was very much interested in. Uh, getting into this, I'm like, this is this is really what I'm looking for, uh, and it was one of those things like to he's got it set up where you can either get everything or individual pieces, um, and so what I did is I, I just kind of reached out to him and was like, hey, what do you think about doing like a getting started kit that's like you know for you know I think I threw out there like five or six mechs, uh, and you can you know just have a little little way to get started. Um, in there and and it's been really fun i've been chatting back and forth with him he he loves the idea and so he's going to be putting some of that together um he's he's a one-man band uh and uh so he's he's very busy uh so i don't hold that against him at all he actually is um i think friends with the ignition core guys oh, yeah. and oh, uh, that's cool yeah and so they they uh, i think he was Mentioning like he he did didn't want to turn on on either each other's toes when he was putting together this three D project. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely totally different idea though. Like the funny thing about yeah. Ignition Core is he's going fully, fully uh, like resin, like oh, you buy yeah, the yeah. miniatures where they something like that where it's all modular. You could never do that, I think, without three D printing because you want specific mm-hmm. parts and you want to be able to print multiples of things and. I think it's yeah. it's one of those things that today's gaming without 3D printing you wouldn't have a game like that, which I think is pretty cool. Mm. 
So, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep chatting with this guy. I'm really excited to check out the project, uh, like you know, get my hands on it itself. Um, and uh, I, I think if if anyone's looking for for a modularized, uh, you know, uh, mech game or or even just minis themselves, uh, definitely check it out. Like the from from what I've seen, like he uh, even makes them very FDM friendly. Um, as far as printing goes, even even some of the more uniquely shaped uh, ones uh, fit pretty well, and the paint schemes that he throws on these things are really neat. So, yeah, and they have little like miniature dudes with giant heads, like little people <laughs> running around. So, um, yeah, definitely check that out uh, if you if you are so inclined. Um, and I, I will, I know I, I I told him it's like, hey, you should come to this community because we like to talk about. Stuff like you like you're making, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, you good. Do, it's good. Pat, the beauty of it also is with 3D printing, you can change the head size. You can modify it so it wouldn't be chibi. You could make it the right proportion. True. Like it's not right a, it, proportions. <laughs> correct proportions, I should say. I'd have to uh, correct the monstrosities, the abominations. Yeah, because you can scale different uh, X, Y, and Z, right? Like you can scale them differently, so you can yeah, change yeah. The, the scale of it. I don't think my printer has a Z key. You do it in the slicing. <laughs> He's making fun of me using Z, not Z. Z. Uh, Zs are little guys who steal things. That's all Zs are. It, it's it's the Mac thing again. It's a yeah. Mac thing, yeah. He's a, it's a Mac thing. <laughs> Zs. But uh, but yeah, so so check out his stuff. It's it's really neat. Uh, it's it's worth looking at if nothing else. Um, and uh, and yeah, so uh, that's enough rambling out of me. So Rob, yeah, we'll get a, we'll get uh, links here. in the show notes for that, so you can check it out. Um, lots of like newsish kind of stuff, but first of all, Pat and I almost when we're reco- or when we're this comes out, we'll be at Gen Con. So come, come, come visit. <laughs> come, yeah, come, 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 my lady. We'll be at the Mantis. Who sings that song? Uh, that was Sugar Ray. Sadly, oh. I knew that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I knew it was Sugar Ray too. I'm going to say my my need to be correct was uh, overcame. Anyways, we'll be at the Mantic booth. Come say hi. I don't remember the booth number. Eleven forty one. And uh, yeah, don't bother us too much. We'll be busy. <laughs> bring us bring us your painted favorite mech so we can say that's awesome. Yeah, we'll take pictures. We'll take pictures of them. Uh, yeah. Also, in September 1st to 4th in Denton, Texas, is CavCon. We will not be able to go to CavCon because I think that's Labor Day it's so weekend. close to Gen yeah. Con. But uh, if anybody is going to CavCon, take lots of pictures, post them in our Facebook because we'd love to see it. I'm sure we'll get to see some of that stuff, new Cav stuff. I think one of these days we should just plan to go, even though it's always so close to Gen Con. Yeah. We have it's to hard figure to a way. More to... time off is always a problem, but... Uh, yeah, it's not so much time off for me as it is money, but uh, yeah, that too. To fly to Texas isn't going to be cheap. Well, maybe you could, we could get you to Chicago, and then we'll just drive it down. You have to see how many hours that is. Yeah, that's probably like three weeks of driving. So. <laughs> I have a feeling that I get sixteen plus hours. I don't yeah, know where Denton, Texas is. I don't know where what part of Texas, but it's I'm, if it's near the Mexico border, it's really far. All right, keep telling the news. I'm gonna look that up. Uh, as Pat said before, Ignition Core Games has uh, a new new stuff coming out. They have uh, CoCast, which is this new process of making uh, miniatures, and it's like a giant machine that just prints miniatures 
in this like mass produces miniatures, but in seconds, like it's just this crazy thing. It's but, it's like it's like a vacuum. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it's injection molding, but it's it's in a small yeah. like this. The machine's probably I don't know, maybe eight by six high by three wide. Yeah, or I've, it's, we've seen them, and me and Ronnie have looked at them before. Yeah, um, they're expensive right now, but they're, they're very cool. very expensive. Uh, but the cool thing I think is the reason why we wanted to look at them is that you can do them in color, so do pre-painted yeah. miniatures that way. Yeah, it's colored, and you can. Uh, it's like a powder that it starts out as, and uh, it's all. Yeah, you can do crazy one-piece stuff, and it's 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 the future of uh, mass production of minis. But anyways, uh, Ignition Core Games is doing some of these for their RPG called Project Exodus. So they have a bundle, a, a beta bundle, they're calling it because uh, the 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 game isn't out yet, so it's early access. But you're gonna have early access to these miniatures, and then when the game comes out, they're gonna you're gonna get in on the uh, play testing and stuff like that, which is cool. And these miniatures look awesome, and I'm really tempted to get in on this. But uh, yeah, it's probably too late now to get it shipped to Pat's house, but <laughs> it, it's really cool looking. Uh, to to drive the dead in Texas is 14 hours. 14 hours straight. Yeah, that's crazy. But uh, yeah, so Ignition Games still pumping out great stuff. Which is it's nice to see. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I think you can forward. get that shipped to my house, though. I think in time. Well, don't tempt me. I'm trying to save money for Gen Con. <laughs> uh, also, another news is uh, Gary Witta, who did. Uh, he's currently writing a Batman book, but he's also famous for. I think he wrote Rogue One. I think it was Rogue One he wrote. He's oh. doing. He's doing a uh, mech-based audiobook called Gundog. The preview is up on YouTube. I'm not sure if it's going to be free on YouTube or if it's just going to be an audio audiobook, but it's he's all into mechs, which is cool. So that's that nice. To. Yeah. So the link to the uh, teaser. Gary, would give us a call? We'll remote your book. Yeah. There you go. Well, he said he said he's the prime promoter, so if we, I'm sure we could get him on if we wanted to. So we'll have to look into that. <clears throat> Mobile Armor Radio Gmail dot com. Hit us up. I'm sure he's not listening, Pat. You'll have to contact him. Someone who is his friend is listening. Friend of the sure. show. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, that's sure. pretty much how we get that's true. our, that's, our guests. Friend we've never friend. actually gone to ask anyone to be a guest. We just, people just <laughs> contact them for us. Uh, enough news, but for what I've been doing, uh, I was, I don't know, I had nothing to watch. So I was like, oh, I'm, uh, on Hasbro Pulse on YouTube, they have the whole Transformers G1 cartoons. So I started watching from the beginning. I'm about halfway into season two right now. Season one, it was surprisingly good. I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is higher quality than I remember Transformers because season two is more what you remember. It's the cheesy ones where they time travel and there's weird things. But season one of Transformers, it was only, I think it was short. It was only 13 episodes. It was really good. I was surprised because it had like continuing storylines and stuff. I'm like, oh, this isn't Transformers. They cheapened out by, and all the, like everybody makes fun of the, uh, the cartoon like inaccuracies like the mistakes all the time in Transformers that's all season 2 season 1 was tight but it's all for free on Hazard Pulse so if you want to check it out I would check out season 1 I'm, you'd be surprised how good this was for I always thought Transformers the reason I never revisited it like I do even G.I. Joe I, I watch quite often is because uh, I remember it being bad and I think it's because of season 2 <laughs> so <laughs> season 1 was good uh, speaking of Transformers, uh, there was a Starscream fan film that I found on YouTube. I don't know how I stumbled across it, but it's really good. <laughs> it's like the voice acting is, you know, it's it's not the actual actors. And Starscream sounds a lot like um, 
He sounds more like Cobra Commander than he does Starscream, even though it was the same voice actor. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny you said that because I was thinking the same thing when I watched it. Yeah, it's the same voice actor, but he he didn't do the quite the same thing as Cobra Commander. He's much more screechy as Cobra Commander. But anyways, it's it's really good fan film. Pretty much it's uh, Starscream is getting uh, tested by Megatron. And the animation is, like, if they did an actual cartoon with this animation, I'd be blown away. Not the computer animated stuff, which is very divisive. This is, I guess this guy's done a lot of Macross um, fan films and stuff, so it's right up his alley to do a Starscream one. And there's even a, he even does Gerwak mode at one point to Starscream, so that's kind of (laughs) cool. Oh, he did. I I noticed that too. I was like, oh, Robotech. Yep. So this guy, the person who did it was... uh, all into that stuff. So it's once again, show notes to check out the link. It's also, we, I posted it in Facebook. So if, you've probably already seen it. If you've gone to Facebook, uh, randomly, I found a comic book by Valiant comics called iron armor clads, armor clads. And I was like, Oh, this looks like, like mechs. And it's, it's pretty much miners. And I've only read issue one so far, but it's miners and powered suits. And then they have these, they're kind of like slaves and the, the, their overlords have bigger power suits, and then there's mechs in the thing too. But and there's these alien like creatures that are causing trouble. But pretty much these miners are getting abused by their uh, overlords, and uh, like their cheap labor, I guess they're they're pretty much slaves. So they get attacked by all these aliens. Instead of helping, to their overlords get massacred. So they just kind of watch, and then they kill all the aliens after they killed their buddies. And but then at the end, all these the the m- bunch more of these. Uh, I forget what they call them. They're they're like the better versions of the suits show up to arrest them, I guess, because they found out they didn't help them. So it's it's an interesting... I'm, sh- I'm sure it's going to be a lot of rebellion and stuff in this, but and using these mining mechs to fight these real mechs. So it's going to be fun. Uh, from Valiant Comics. So if you're into comic books and you're looking for some mech action, there it is. And lastly, in Canada, it takes a while, but I finally got my Pacific Rim Omnibus Kickstarter. Pat, you forgot to mention mm-hmm. you got yours too. Oh, that's right, I did. I did, I, I did post a pick. Uh, lots of. I got all the pins. I got uh, the nice I did, slip case I put edition. My, I, yep, I put my pins on my my game my uh, con bag. I did. Too. I did not. I did not take my shrink wrap out my book yet, though. No, I have not. I haven't cracked it open yet. I've read most of the, most of the uh, stories already. Like I think the only new one is there's a uh, Pacific Rim blackout uh, story in there, but all the other ones I've read as they came out, but it's nice to have in a giant slipcase uh, omnibus edition, same same height as an omnibus hardcover, and I'm sure it's going to be available for, it's Legendary Comics, who's also Legendary Pictures, same company, so I'm sure it'll be available to buy eventually, but it's it's quite nice, and it was a nice, like the pins are really nice, like really quality pins, so, and there uh, a couple prints, and the prints were uh, like uh, gold metallic, like finish on them, it's really cool. So I gotta get some frames to hang them somewhere if I find some wall space in my house. So <laughs> fun stuff. So that's uh, it for me with the Comstar. I don't think there's anything else I've done. So we'll move on. We'll move on to the Mech Bay Hanger and we'll talk about some favorite things. We'll see you there. Please join us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now entering the Mech Bay Hanger. And welcome to the Mech Hangar. This one's a... I felt I, I'm really immersed in Transformers right now. So I was like, you know what? Let's do top five Transformers from your childhood or your current hood. And uh, we'll talk about our favorite ones and what they mean to us. 
and why we think they're cool. And probably mostly it's because how they look. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I'll give these are the Transformers from my hood. <laughs> That's right, from the hood. My first Transformer I'm going to talk about is one of the ones, rare ones. I like when I was a kid, I was much more into GI Joe. I, I didn't have very many Transformers, but the one I did have because he was a a Lamborghini Countach, which was in the 80s. That was the obsession for every child is to have a Countach. <laughs> the Countach was. Uh, yeah, it was Sideswipe, the red Countach, and he was the coolest. He he looked cool. I I don't like. I I have one now. I have like the masterpiece version of him, or like a knockoff at least. And it's much more like it has like movable limbs and stuff. I'm pretty sure when I was a kid, it was the legs were like one piece, and it wasn't as is. In my brain, I remember it being like a cool action figure, but I don't think it was. I think it was much more of a. <laughs> hey. This thing has <clears throat> pops out the arms, and I do remember it. I obviously broke him because I was a child, but it was a uh, a childhood favorite to have Sideswipe. And watching the cartoon, Sideswipe's in it for like seconds. He's barely in the cartoon <laughs> at all, which is funny. That's it's how all for you. that aesthetics. Oh, it's all for the aesthetics. He was everybody wants the Countach. So that was my first one. That's how we're going to do it. So we'll move on to Patrick. What's your first Transformer? Uh, are, you, are you starting from one or five? I'm starting from five. All right. That's my how, least favorite. That's my how favorite. I do it. <laughs> it's not my least favorite, but it's my number five. And my number five is uh, is uh, Starscream. He's your least favorite? Not my okay. least favorite. See, the, the, I'm joking. I'm there's, joking. Hundreds of, <laughs> I'm uh, there's hundreds of Transformers. <laughs> But in yeah. my top five, he's Probably more than number that, five. Yeah. Uh, and I've always liked Starscream because uh, he's you know he's just a seeker, and but he's always the boob seeker. But he wasn't such the boob seeker in the comic books as much. You know what I'm saying? He was a little more ruthless in the comic books. Yeah, for sure. And so I I like to think of him more in the comic books since then. Uh, the G1 you don't like cartoon. The one he just. He's always just yelling at Megatron. Yeah, or <laughs> this stuff. I could do it better, and then he falls. Or didn't, or he does something, and then he all he does is messes it up. Yeah. So he's the consummate loser. Yeah, he is. It's it's sad, but I dug his color scheme. Yeah. And I just and uh, well, yeah. In the orig- original comic books, he he eventually gets like huge power and wipes out like all the transformers that were no longer being produced yeah as toys so they had to wipe them out of the comic book he eventually kills like hundreds of toys so yeah he's it's much more powerful in the comic books for sure yeah i mean you know and he's also despite his ineptness when it comes to leading all the transformer all the decepticons he's actually very good at leading all the seekers <laughs> which i don't understand why that doesn't translate into leading the decepticons but yeah so there you go, Brian. What's your uh, least top five favorite? My least not your top, least favorite. My <laughs> least top five favorite. So I, it's one of those things. Like I, I don't watch too many of the the Transformers cartoons. I've only seen like a couple of them, um, and I don't really read the comics. So I've got I've got a limited uh, scope to really pick from, but I do have uh, a handful. And and I think uh, I'm gonna throw on here that uh, Jetfire, from specifically from uh, Revenge of the Fallen, a Michael Bay, nice. the second Michael Bay movie, uh, the the SR71 Blackbird who is all old and decrepit, and talks about how Jetfire. 
how, yeah. how his father was was the wheel, the first one. <laughs> and, and what did he transform into? Nothing. But he did so with honor. <laughs> that, that's the only reason he's on my list. That bothered me too. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's only his name that bothers me. Because yeah, as a character, I think he's one of the few that actually has a good character in those Michael Bay movies. Most yeah. of them are kind of one note. He's actually got some character to him. Mm-hmm. So it's and spoilers. There's he does some stuff. So yeah, but yeah. So that's uh. So that's how he made my list. Nice. Uh, my number four is going to be the one, the only Devastator. Uh, it's kind of a cheat because he's actually what six guys? Yeah, six guys, five. But he's no, the first six. of the Comatrons, right? The com- the uh yeah combiners. He's uh he's the they were all uh, constructicons. All very he's, bright green. He's the OG, <laughs> bright green and purple. Yeah, and the uh, yep, they're all like uh, construction vehicles combined into Devastator, and I just like him because he's huge and the look of him and the toy I have of him was he's he's pretty cool, and I really like it. And only in combined mode, as as individual uh, bots they suck, but. Devastator is cool. <laughs> Even though, you don't like dump trucks and slit and backhoes yeah, and they're kind of stupid. But uh, the only problem in the co- in the cartoon, especially, he falls apart all the time. Like, he does. He, he stayed because otherwise he'd be unstoppable. So until he got to Omega Supreme around, they he was he was the the man. So and uh, yeah, Devastator. So Pat, but he didn't fall apart all that much about. in the comic books either. Well, yeah. You always have to find ways to get around him. Cause I feel like they really dumbed some of the Decepticons down in in the G1 cartoon. Well, yeah, yeah you had to. Otherwise, they'd win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number four is probably my... I was never a huge fan of the Autobots, but uh, my number four is going to be uh, Jazz. Because, I thought you might like Jazz. Because... <laughs> Uh, because like the Lamborghini Countach, the Porsche 935 was also the 80s wanted car, uh, mm-hmm. wanted car, and he was voiced by Catman Struthers. Yep, it's <laughs> Catman. He, although he, I think he he eventually left over some kind of differences, but yeah, he was he was the original Jazz. Yeah, he was the uh, second command for Optimus Prime, and well, he dies in the in the TV show, but I think he leaves in the comic books. Yeah, well, the the movie especially killed off a lot of the. Uh, oh yeah, the, the movie. He's uh, like one of the first people to die as a sub commander. He he takes it to the he takes it to the skull real quick. It's because they they no more longer made the toys, so they just killed them all off. So it's kind of funny, but I, I do like the idea when he uh, he needs it, he just pops out those big speakers and just starts blasting things with music. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a it's a nice power. It's funny in the original G one, almost all of them had like a power, which kind of went away. But they all had something they could do, and that was that was his to shoot sound waves. Yeah, cool. Brian, what you got for number four? Um, so my number four, uh, I, I admit I don't know a lot about this character, uh, but uh, but does he look cool? Windblade. Oh yes, Windblade. Yeah, uh, newer character. Newer, newer character. Uh, she was uh, someone that, like a, a friend of mine, um, uh, Celeste, who is really into uh, Transformers, like from all all spectrums of them, uh, like 
was showing me this character once and was really enthusiastic. And her, uh, I think I did wind up reading like a comic or two uh, <clears throat> that she was in. Uh, I, I just really love the, the design, like the aesthetic that she has. And like she transforms into another jet, which is always sweet. Um, if I remember correctly, and, and feel free to say I'm completely wrong, wasn't she <laughs> in one of the stories like she was in charge on Cybertron when I think Starscream was in charge of the Decepticons at one point, and there was like a, a, a truce at the time? Um, yeah, that's IDW comic books. So that's yeah. the game from original. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, her, her look, she looks kind of like a, I would say a geisha, but she's more like a samurai, like... Yeah, yeah, she she definitely has a much more um, you know a Japanese kind of uh, aesthetic to her um, mm-hmm. with with the especially the the head shape is is like you're saying very kind of a geisha like uh, like the hair hair buns and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, I I really like the the design of the character and it, it's one that I I do kind of regret not knowing more about about her because I think she's neat. Yeah, she was well, once again. You probably read most of the. She's only in the idea of your comic books, so she's yeah. I, she might have transferred into like some of the games and stuff now. But I think she so, was. Like, yeah, she becomes a major character in there. I think she eventually leads the Autobots at one point. So I think so too. Yeah, yeah, she's cool, and she's a jet, which is odd for uh, for an Autobot. Usually they're not flyers, but she is. Yeah. <laughs> On to our number threes. My number three, uh, I, I could have chose any of the Seekers because I love them all. But I chose, instead of Starscream, I chose Thundercracker because Starscream's whiny and he screws up a lot. <laughs> and I, I, I love him. But Thundercracker, especially in that first season, he is so sarcastic towards Starscream. It is so funny. Like he's Every time Starscream says something in the background, he's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like he's yeah, whatever. always like... He's like, yeah, you could do any better because he's it's so funny. But I was I was surprised how uh, sarcastic one. He's the blue one of the original three, Thundercracker, and like I say, I love all the Seekers, especially well the original three especially. But even the Coneheads are kind of cool. But uh, I could have put on him, but and Skywarp has no character. That's the problem with the black and purple one. He he really doesn't have a character. So it's Thundercracker it is because he's he's sarcastic, and I think sarcasm goes a long way because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, your number three. My number three is uh, old Megatron himself. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always had the soft swap for the Decepticons. I mean, if you noticed on my Jeep, there was a Decepticon sticker before I got rid of it. It's true. Uh, the only thing before I, it betrayed you. you before it betrayed, yeah, before it betrayed. Yeah, me. the Jeep Jeep betrayed him. Yep. I actually never did. It 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 stuck. True Boy, until the it very just got end. so expensive to uh, to fix. Yeah, well, I never, it, yeah, it was starting to break down. Yeah, and so I, I got rid of it before uh, the costs got too high to fix it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Megatron number three. I mean, what's not to like about Megatron? The guy in the comic books, he's ruthless, and the TV show, he's semi ruthless. Uh, he's pretty ruthless, he just he <laughs> always gets foiled. That's all, it's true. Uh, I do like the fact that he, whoever did his uh, alternative mode, made him uh, the man from Uncle Carbine Gun. Yeah, that's the because that was what it originally was from for the toy line in Japan yes. was the man from Uncle Gun. So that when they brought it over, they're like, yeah, it's just a Luger, but 
it, it is literally the Mantle Gun. The Gun. So <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that. And so that's a, a cool aspect of uh Now he's not Decept a gun. gun. He's not allowed to be a gun anymore. Now he's a tank or a plane. Yeah. No more guns. Well, he wasn't playing that short story, but uh, what was he, was he a tank in the 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 Netflix comics or cartoon? Yeah, in the Netflix cartoon, he's a tank, and that's kind of his the new version of a yeah. tank. Generally, it's kind of funny that you can't be a gun, but you can be a tank, which is a bigger gun. Yeah, well, well, I think they just don't want kids playing with guns and getting shot. That's all. Yeah, long, <laughs> long, long, long gun or the yeah. the plastic BB guns or the cap guns. Yeah. Uh, those toys are gonna remember be the gone. old. Uh, what were they called the something tech, and they looked just like real guns. Like they were scarily looked like real guns. Yeah, and well, they didn't have the plastic ends like the orange uh, ends back in the day. Yeah, well, you know that's those toys are gonna be long gone, and yeah. sadly kids won't get to grow up with those kind of toys. Even the, I don't know if anybody chose them. Even uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Shockwave. He's Shockwave, obviously yeah. a laser gun. Even his new toy can't be a laser gun, but they made it so that you could kind of. He was supposed to be a spaceship, but they. You could fold down the legs, and he looked like the laser gun again. They're like, "Oh no, he's, that's not an official transformation." But coincidentally, yeah. you can do that, which I thought was funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had that toy actually, the old, the old one. Yeah, it made noises. It was great. Yeah, and yeah, and great. so we were talking about toys. Uh, the Decepticon or Megatron's alternative mode uh, was actually a decent uh, gun gun toy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. It was full size. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I love how in the cartoon when he transforms, he like shrinks down so that the other <laughs> so, yeah, so someone can also can hold him. Yeah, mass shifting in Transformers is hilarious. Uh, Frank Welker was the voice, and I think he's famous for a lot of things like uh, uh, from Inspector Gadget. He was Claw, and he's done so many voices, but mm-hmm. he definitely brought uh, Megatron to life. And he's cool. Megatron is the man. He is the man. Uh, Ryan. Well, speaking of men, uh, I've got Grimlock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As for my number three. But I am going to specifically cite the one that's in the video game Fall for, of Cybertron. Because um, what, they, what they do in that game, it's a little spoiler, but hey, this game's been out for a yeah. while now. Um is is they kind of uh, you know integrate like his the way he speaks into it's because they were the Dinobots were all captured by Shockwave and tortured yeah. and that's why they behave so differently and erratically they weren't originally supposed to be that way um, it's it's because of the torture and the PTSD that they have. Uh, that he he starts speaking like me, Grimlock. Uh, yeah, so that, like, that comes from the I, IDW comics too. Like that okay, whole idea. Gotcha. They used to be like in the original war, I guess, on Cybertron. They were a Black were, Ops team. Yeah, Black Ops team. And then mm-hmm. yeah, they had, had some mental PTSD kind of stuff that happened to them. And yeah, but I mean, I, like otherwise, like my only exposure to to him had been just kind of the old old style of cartoons where it was. Less, uh, just he would just was that way. So like that extra, yeah. that extra writing that kind of went into that that thought process, I thought was you know really kind of frames uh, those characters in a, in a new refreshing light. Yeah. they're not they're not stupid. They they just they've been through some stuff. Yeah, that's what yeah. I liked about the ADW is that 
they had to change their alternative form to survive whatever they were trapped in. That gave them the PTSD. But then mm. the beast part uh, took over. Yeah. yeah, took over, and they can't control when they change. So it's almost like it's almost kind of Hulk Hulk ish in the sense mm. where when they get pissed off or trapped, they turn into their beast mode and. Yeah, because they had to do some stuff to survive. Like, some got sacrificed and things. But eventually, Grimlock, I, I, in the comic books, uh, I think even in the old comic books, he becomes King Grimlock. And, like, it's a bit of a jerk leader <laughs> that they have to overthrow. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's always fun, too. Yeah. Grimlock is a, he's a classic character. And, uh, and it's one of those things that Transformers, mostly you want him in robot mode. But Grimlock, I think it is tra- his, his dinosaur mode is where he's most famous mm-hmm. he's the, the t-rex he's a classic yeah remember yeah, the original vac metal versions yeah fun times uh we're down to number two my number two is another toy that i had as a kid that i wish i could get now but it's hard to find because this original version is uh it was such a classic it was such a simple transformation but i loved him it was the tape ravage he's he's a cat although some people think he's a dog he's a cat and he's a, he looks like a Black Panther, kind of. I was going to say, he looks more like a leopard. Yeah, he's, he's but he's all black. But uh, he, um, when he transformed the original one, he was a tape, and his legs would just fold down, and his head would flip out, and his tail would flip out. Perfectly simple transformation. The new ones are all pretty complex, It's because they want to make it look more realistic. I, I love that original one. And it is impossible to find now, other than really expensive on eBay. I'm going to have but one. Even knockoffs. I'm going to have one soon. Oh, there you go. Oh, yes. Even that, though, the USB version, even that's not quite the same. It's it's like a sideways version of the uh, original tape. But the thing is, now they, they don't like having the tapes because there isn't tapes anymore. So kids nowadays don't even know what an audio I tape know. is. I so, know. It right? sucks. That's <laughs> so the they're best. trying to figure out other ways to do them. So they're just boxes or they're just, you know, they, they're boxes that live inside of uh, It's going to be an iPhone next. It might as well be just an iPhone. Well, even oh, Soundwave. Oh, you just <laughs> They read they, even that doesn't even because I guess a phone would be the closest. There's not even iPods anymore, but uh, Soundwave they redesigned them. I think as new versions of car, or like it's or a vehicle of some sort, because nobody knows what a tape recorder is. Like it's, it's a sad thing that. Uh, but he wasn't just a tape recorder though. He was more like a boombox. Yeah, he was. Yeah, same with uh, Blaster. But uh, I mean, the, the, the lonely, yep. lonely island guys can bring the boombox back. That's true. <laughs> they they have tried. But uh, Ravage, I also love because in the cartoon he he just ejected all the time. like really Laserbeak was the tape that was used all the time because he was the surveillance guy. But the only time he ever ejected Ravage was to go bother Spike. He just chased down Spike and yeah. caused him trouble. <laughs> Spike and Bubblebee. That was Ravage's point was to go just terrorize the human. So I thought that was funny too. So Ravage was my number two. Patrick, what is your number two? My number two was already talked about, uh, but my number two Ooh. is uh, Devastator. I, I thought that was going to be your number one. Frankly. No, he's my number two because he was the first combiner and uh, ginormous toy. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, I, and do you like green? I do. I, but, yeah. you know, just the thought of these, you know, you have... You're you're fighting Decepticon. You're like, oh, it's just these guys. I'm gonna knock the shit out of these guys. And all of a sudden, they turn into this big giant robot. They're like, oh crap, what just happened? Quack 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 quack. Quacked it. Yep. <laughs> and uh, actually, another toy I did did wind up having growing up. 
I did. Was well, these toys yeah. were very much well past my age, uh, but all my friends, their little brothers had had the toys, so that's why I was exposed to them. <laughs> and so my, one of my friends had Devastator. Uh, his little brother had Devastators, and it was, you know, it was. And you're like, I'm gonna play yeah, with this. I'm gonna <laughs> play with this. You get to be Megatron. <laughs> you get to have the gun to shoot me. Yes, Devastator is cool. Brian, what's your number two? So my number two is uh, RC from uh, specifically the Transformers Prime uh, cartoon series, uh, where she's actually like blue. And uh, yeah, I don't know why she's blue in that. <laughs> like they they do give her like some pink ac- accents uh, to to like kind of sell that, but uh, it was like she she really is kind of front and center in that specific series as like um for those that aren't familiar like it is just a small unit of of the trans of the autobots kind of running around you have optimus ratchet um uh oh gosh what's his name um rc and and one other guy and bumblebee bumblebee's there too (laughs) um forgetting the guy uh it's bigger bigger dude um but uh, anyway, the the Prime series itself is, is one I I really enjoy, um, and and she is kind of the the main uh, you know lancer, if you will, of of the Autobot team. Uh, she is probably the best warrior among them, and so she's uh, constantly going on the missions, and she has like a fun, like very solid like character arc that she goes through with befriending some of the humans and whatnot. So uh, I, I really like that depiction of her and I uh, thought she was really cool. Yeah, she's cool in the movie too, where she's introduced in Transformers, the movie as mm-hmm. her and uh, Springer is, is a duo is a fun, fun duo. She's a good character. And I think in the Transformers, yeah, in Transformers Netflix, she was, it was her, right? It was her and she was there. And so was um, the other female, Autobot, I can't remember her name, but yeah, the, the blue I think one? she's. I forget. Yeah, the the one that's the leader of the ones who stay on Cybertron. Yeah, the sniper. But uh, yeah, but gotcha. yeah, I love how at the beginning when Transformers first were made, they're like, no, there's no female Transformers because there's no male Transformers. <laughs> they're robots. They don't have gender. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, eventually, they're like, no, we should make a female one. We need to make eventually a love. We need to make a love story. A little bit, yeah. And then, better, and even that, they've really much. come a long way. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I think they realized you need you need variety in all your characters. Mm. Well, back in the day, they always said that there was only like three female GI Joes because they didn't sell. It's like, well, they didn't sell because you didn't make any more. <laughs> right. That's always a problem. Uh, yeah. Mm. So we're back to we're not we're to number one, right? The number ones. Drum roll, please. My number one. I think it's pretty obvious. It's been mentioned before, but it's a different version of Jetfire. As he was never in the cartoon because it was a lawsuit. In the cartoon <laughs> is Skyfire. But he's the original toy is just the Macross Veritech and painted <laughs> in different colors. And they licensed it and then they realized, oh wait, we don't it's not uh, we can't we have don't it. Actually the cartoon. No, they own the rights. It wasn't a uh, it wasn't a FASA thing. They actually own the rights, but they could they had the toy, but they weren't allowed to have it in the cartoon because the cartoon was shown in Japan where they didn't have the rights to that. It was a different company owned the rights to Jetfire. 
So they had to change his name to Skyfire and change so his complete look in the actual show. And then they wrote him out pretty quick. He's only in like three episodes. But the original Jetfire toy, I loved him. I, I, I like to think I had him as a kid, but I don't think I did. But I just must have coveted him so much that I, I thought I had him. <laughs> or maybe I did have him. I don't remember. But <coughs> I, I, have, I have a broken version now. He's missing an arm. But they're quite expensive now. <laughs> but I think he's a hard one to get. They, uh, yeah, well, once again, he was only made for like one year. And he is awesome. But Jetfire, as, and I love to how, what's that? I was just, I was just going to chime in, like, uh, speaking of, of Macross, I think we'd be remiss to forget to mention, because I, I forgot, so much has happened this month, all of Macross is going to be coming to the States. Yes, yes. I think we mentioned it last episode, didn't we? Yeah, I think Did so. We? Yep. I, I want to so mention we... it again. <laughs> it's been so long. They're going to put them all, all in the theaters and... Yeah, and even uh, was it Toynami or one of those channels is going to have a new series on in the states. So yeah, sorry, Fun I, I couldn't remember like when that event happened compared to when we recorded last. <laughs> Did it happen? It I don't remember. It. Yeah, it's a problem with doing a monthly show. You don't remember what you talked about. <laughs> uh, but as for Jetfire, the other thing I like about him is that even in the cartoon when they had Skyfire, they made him huge because the toy was so much bigger than it was a totally different toy line. So he's so much bigger than the rest. That they had to make him a big character in the cartoon, which I thought was funny too. <laughs> to try to fit it in. And they originally did that original cartoon with the original Jetfire. And they had to scrap the whole thing and redo it as Skyfire. So that original footage, you could see like bad copies of it, but it's it's hard to get any more lawsuits. Don't you love him? But that is my number one, because he's cool and he's from Robotech slash Macross. <laughs> really, that's all he is. <laughs> Pat, what is your number one? I'm curious. My, no, my number one is actually Soundwave. Oh, yes, Soundwave. I've always it's loved Soundwave. Uh, mainly because he is the guy who has all the dirt on everybody. <laughs> and it's not able. And that's, uh, you know, and he's uh, he was a loyalist to Megatron. He was, uh, he he was, was a yeah. faithful soldier. Uh, he didn't have any problems with narking on anyone uh, because he hears all, uh, no, what's the word I'm looking for? No devious plots were never unheard or told to Megatron because Soundwave would hear everything. Yeah. You know, he's narc on everybody. <laughs> yeah. I do hate the fact that they really made him a, a, like a secondary or ter- tertiary character in the movies. All he could do was just hack a satellite and that was the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, well, once again, it's because they could nobody knew the bomb boomboxes anymore. So it's terrible. It is terrible. He was cool. I, I did. I had him too. As a, I have him now, actually, have an uh, yeah. And then G one. And then um, to top it all off, he had an army of helpers that just came popping out of his chest. He had he had, he had a, a legion. He had a lot of them. I mean, we can just to rattle them off. We rattled Ravage and Laserbeak were the two, and the third one that we saw in the cartoon was Rumble, mm-hmm. the guy with the jackhammer arms. But then there were a whole bunch that, like, he yeah, saw the comic was like, in the cartoon. Frenzy was was he in the cartoon? Uh, yeah, for a little bit. He's just a different colored uh, Rumble. But <laughs> I think even later on down the line in like Beast Wars or whatever, uh, he gets he gets combiner. Uh, gets a combiner helper, if I remember right. It's like a bird and a gorilla. I that I think I saw 
one of the cartoons I was watching uh, where he had, it was like a bird and a gorilla and they formed to make a an, uh, a regular robot. Could be. But, uh, it's been too long since I watched Beast Wars. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a bit. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a cool guy. So that was uh, why I liked... I mean, if you were looking to have a spy robot, it was Soundwave. He was another guy that changed size, too, where he just changed into a... a, a uh, it wasn't a boombox. He was usually smaller than a boombox. He was more of like a tape like tape player. A tape deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he and they'd always find him around, and it's like you know who that is. You can tell who that is just because you find him in your place. <laughs> that Walkman over there, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know that's him. But yeah, yep. Yeah. He he was the uh, he was also like the scientist kind of. He was always cooking up ways to do things for the uh, trans for the Decepticons. Yeah, well, he wasn't as crazy as Shockwave. No, Shockwave wasn't mad scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brian, what finally, what is your final one? So, I, I'm, this is probably expected. Optimus Prime. I'm amazed neither, nobody else chose him, but yeah. I, I was, I was a little surprised too, but. I mean, Optimus Prime was never my favorite. He was always. Because you're a Decepticon. Yeah, because he, he's a goody two-shoes. He didn't really come into his own until he became Nemesis Prime. I, I, and I do like, I do like a lot of the, the some of the different interpretations of him, like like in the Prime series where he was Orion Pax before he became yeah. Prime, where basically he was like a bookkeeper, um, and then and then was kind of thrust into uh, this leadership position. There's even those stories where like he and Megatron uh, were like friends before the Civil War, uh, which I I think is fascinating. But ultimately, like the big thing for me is is definitely being voiced by Peter Cullen. Um, yeah. That guy just brought such a level of like, like dignity and, and, you know, solemnness to, to this, this character where, you know, you can tell that it's, it's, it's a, a, you know, this, this leadership, he's a great leader, but it weighs on him. Like the decisions and the, the war itself, like takes a toll. And, um, but at the end of the day, you know, in, in that kind of Captain America vein, you know, he, he'll always get back up. He'll always be there to fight the good fight. Um, and so so even as, as terrible as uh, the, the Michael Bay movies can be, um, and even some of the terrible things they make his character do. Yeah. Um, like some of those closing moments where where it's just him narrating um, you know, talking to the audience, as it were, like, you know, it it can give you chills. Like, he just has that that great resonating voice, um, and that's 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 a big reason why I, I like Optimus Prime. Yep, he's he was a role model. That's why when they killed him <laughs> off in the movie, kids like freaked out. Like, they almost the whole franchise almost went into the toilet because they're like, oh my god, I clapped. didn't realize. <laughs> yes, because you're an evil person. But most people were like upset, and they had so many. They had more calls for that than anything else ever, for for for, for um, Hasbro for killing off Optimus. So they had to bring him back. So yeah, but it's because he was like like you say, he was a role model. He was a father figure for a lot of people, and mm-hmm. it it was like important for a lot of kids. That and then they just mercilessly murdered him. 
Mercifully. I think it was merciful. And, and I, I will say, like, the, yeah, another saved, thing for, saved. like, uh, a little nod, too, to Peter Cullen, like, to hear him talk about, like, his inspiration for the character. Yeah. Where he, he drew a lot from his brother, um, yeah. who, who had been in, I think it was Vietnam. Um, and just kind of the way, like, he, he kind of mimicked a lot of the way that his brother spoke and stuff. Like, that, that level of dedication, I think, you know, is something I really... Uh, you know, it, it shows. You can really tell that it was something that, you know, a character that the people behind it really cared about. Yeah. I think it was in the uh, the Toys That, that Made Us uh, documentary mm-hmm. where about Transformers. Mm-hmm. They interview him and he tell it's really, really good how they talk about he They interview him and he goes into all that. So if anybody hasn't watched that, go watch that episode. Yeah, those, yeah. Are, was, those are good documentaries, especially if you like toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially that one because it goes into the whole depth of Transformers, how it started, and all the ups and downs, and and yeah, the interviews with the with uh, with Peter Cullen was probably the highlight of that episode mm-hmm. too. So, so it was fun. We did a little uh, top five. Talk, we don't talk about Transformers as much that as we other things. So I thought we'd give some Transformers love this month, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty immersed in it right now. So. It's always hard not to buy more toys, so it's I I, I kind of put a moratorium on buying any more Transformers. I, I refuse to buy. Them. Although I do have the uh, hist tank that transforms into Megatron with a uh, Baroness. <coughs> that, with uh, Baroness. I have that. Yeah, she rides on his back. But um, I have that pre-ordered, so there is going to be a. Uh, well, I'm sure I'll talk about that when it eventually shows up. So <laughs> it never ends. Never ends, boy. Well. Uh, on that, we'll go to the X-Fill and we'll finish off this episode. Let's X-Fill out of here. Welcome to the X-Fill. We'll finish this episode number 50 off, this anniversary episode. Please do come to our Facebook page. Look for Mobile Armor Radio. Also, go to our Twitter. I think it's M Armor Radio. And uh, we do have a Discord too, which, yeah, I put stuff in there once in a while. But other than that, that's about it. We'll be back next month with, I'm sure we'll talk about Gen Con and what we saw there. And uh, yep. we'll have some fun. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have some pictures. Sometimes yeah. we forget to take pictures. Yeah. It's, <laughs> sometimes it's, it's it's so hectic. We we don't get the pictures, but uh, we'll try. We'll see what's there. Like, I don't know. It's mech related. What's going to be there. Who knows? It's always, a, it's always interesting to see what is actually there. Yeah. Usually we're by that Jap animation booth, but this year we're not. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be weird this year. We're in a different position. So, uh, other than that, we'll finish this off. Five and Rob. That's right. right. Five zero. Five zero. Wait, are we saying goodbye already? Yes. Oh. <laughs> what were well, you then doing? I guess I was just gonna give a shout out to episode fifty, the Decepticon episode. <laughs> Decepticants. The Septicam. But we ended off on Optimus Prime. <laughs> That's no, right. No. The yeah, good guys I'm, always win. We ended up on talking about how Optimus Prime died horribly. <laughs> yeah, but he came back. He always comes back. He's like a bad mm. penny. So does Starscream, so that doesn't say much. Where would the Decepticons be if Optimus Prime stayed dead? Let's just throw that out there. They would uh, be ruling Cybertron as we speak, and Earth. <laughs> Maybe. Anyways, enough of your bickering, you people. I'm Rob. I'm Brian. 
And I'm Chopper. We'll see you next time where we won't be arguing who's better, Decepticons or Autobots. That's right. Decepticons are. See, everyone else agrees. (laughs) That was a terrible impression of our audience. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. This has been Mobile Armor Radio. Join our Facebook group by searching for Mobile Armor Radio. Find us on Twitter at MArmorRadio. Find us on iTunes and visit our website, mobilearmorradio.podbean.com. Join us on the first of every month for more mecha discussion. And then he fucking nosed me in the balls and dropped me to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) And that's our cold open. Yeah, that's right. That's just going to be a teaser at the end. It's just gonna, and then he knows he's being the balls. <laughs> <laughs>